What's a reasonable outlook for Arizona State Sun Devils football heading into 2022 as far as the Pac-12 is concerned? We're going to talk about that right now on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bratchon. I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to see my beautiful smiling face as I talk everything Arizona State Sun Devils, football, basketball, and otherwise. If you're on Twitter, give me a follow. At Richie Brad 36 Follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. And in the meantime, make sure that you are subscribed to wherever you get your podcast so you get notified whenever we put out a new episode, which is Monday through Friday, by the way. Oh, and if I didn't mention, it is the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. Just ask my mom. My mom will tell you so. But none of that here. Instead, it's time to talk Arizona State Sun Devils football. And more specifically, the the state of Sun Devils heading into 2022. Now, very interesting conversation here is what exactly is a fair expectation for the Sun Devils in the in the 2022 season? Well, it depends who you ask because if you ask me, I feel like six and six is attainable. Maybe better. I, it wouldn't shock me if this was an eight win team as long as everything works out. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that needs to go right. But the good news is you have a playmaking quarterback with Emory Jones now. You have a good run game on paper. There's not much of a pass game, so you're really going to have to rely on that run game. Front seven of the defense is good. Back The back end, definitely a lot more unknown, but at least there's, there's talent there. Special teams should be okay. But Overall, I feel like this is a competitive roster. This is not a Pac-12 winning roster. This is not a Pac-12 South winning roster. This is a bowl eligible team. And this is a team that should definitely get some surprising wins in 2022. Like, I feel like this is a tough out. They're, They're not a great team. They're not a terrible team. They're right in the middle. But with that being said, I'm not sure where these odds came from. But wherever they did come from, Arizona State is 17 to 2 on odds to win the Pac-12. The the whole Pac-12, not the South, the whole Pac-12, which is tied for the fourth best odds with UCLA. The only teams ahead of them being USC, uh, who is it, Oregon and Utah, in that order, surprisingly. I I'm not understanding why Utah is third on that list. And I certainly don't understand why USC shot all the way up the board because they're still going to have to remake that roster. It's not like Lincoln Riley's coming in there to a to a national championship contending team. USC still needs a little bit of work. But this isn't the Locked On Trojans podcast. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. So focusing the perspective back on the Sun Devils, let's start here. Should ASU have the fourth best odds to win the Pac-12? I don't know, but if you look at the rest of the conference, it's not hard to see why we're so high. I mean, U of A, 
Are they going to be better this year? Yeah, but it's hard not to be better. But to their credit, I mean, uh, Dolores coming in at quarterback for them, and he's definitely an upgrade over Will Plummer and whatever else they had going on. They did have a really good recruiting class. So I think U of A is going to be better this year. And by better, I mean like a six-win team, maybe a seven-win team, like bowl eligible. They're not, they're not losing all but one game this year. They're going to be a decent team. Colorado, I still don't have any faith in. I, w- I would assume that they're going to be the bottom dwellers of the Pac-12. ASU, solid team. We'll get to them in a minute. UCLA, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is back. Chip Kelly is back. It's a solid team. They did lose some pieces all throughout, including their tight end, whose name is escaping me at the moment. But they, d- they did lose some, but they're also gaining some back. USC, I mean, when you get when you get Lincoln Riley coming in uh, to to be your new head coach, they get the the kid. Uh, is it Caleb Williams, something like that? The the quarterback from Oklahoma ended up transferring over as well. But that's another huge get for them as well with a a, a decently talented team. I, I feel like they should definitely be ahead of ASU. Uh, Utah to me is the clear running favorites. I mean, Cameron uh, Cameron Rising is still there at quarterback. And Utah reloads as good as any other team in the Pac-12. I feel like they should be the favorite for like the unforeseeable future, but neither here nor there, I suppose. Uh, that wraps up the South. Looking at the North, I mean, Oregon's going to be good every year, so Oregon should always be up there. Bo Nix, I'm not totally sold on and never really have been, but I mean, he's going to the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 is not great, so... If they can get something out of him, then there you go. That's great. Uh, Noel Sewell might be the best linebacker in the Pac-12 now that Darian Butler and Devin Lloyd are no longer in the conference. So Oregon's going to be good. They are every year. Oregon State, they're going to take a step backwards. I just it, it, It's natural regression for a school that typically is never great. So I'm not, I'm not saying they're not a bowl-eligible team. Because I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know everything that's coming back to that team. So they could return everything or they could be missing a lot. But they're they're going to take a step back, and I feel confident in that. Stanford is not that great. Uh, they, the kid they got, Tan- Tanner McKee, at quarterback, he he got exposed last year. So we'll see if, if he can take another step forward. But definitely not feeling Stanford this year. Cal is bad. Cal is not going to be good. Uh, Washington, I feel like they're kind of right in the middle. Same with Wazoo. I feel like they're just kind of like in the middle of the pack there. But according to these odds that I have here, uh, retweeted by Brad Denny, but tweeted out originally by Chris Vanini, who is from The Athletic. So there you go. But according to these odds here, I'm going to put it right in front of me so I can see. USC has the best odds at 2-1. to one. Oregon second best with 11-5. to five. Utah at five to one, and then tied for fourth is Arizona State and UCLA with those 17 to one odds, as I mentioned. Washington's next at 11 and one, uh, Wazoo 33 and one, Oregon State 40 to one, Cal 66 to one, Stanford 80 to one, Colorado 200 to one, and U of A 500 to one. Look, if you got a dollar that you just want to throw away, put it on U of A. Why the hell not? I mean, 501 odds for a team that got significantly better in the offseason. That hurts to say, but I mean, money's money. So, um, you know, if you got if you got to be really mad at me over that, then by all means, I totally understand. But if you got a dollar that's burning a hole in your wallet, then I mean, just for funsies, you know, 
it is what it is. But ASU 17 to 2, are those truly like fair odds for the team? Well, when you look at the rest of the conference, I mean, is it really that out of out of the realm of possibilities that ASU could be the fourth or fifth best team in this conference, considering the Pac-12 is so weak? Like, I, I feel like maybe maybe it's not as crazy as we're making it out to be. I don't know. Like, there's there there's definitely a drop off after after USC, Oregon, Utah. It's a deep drop off to the next best team. Like those three teams are going to be contending for the Rose Bowl. No if ands or ifs about it. If ands or buts about it. Those are the three teams contending for the Rose Bowl. After that, I mean ASU and UCLA definitely feel like the next teams. I'd probably put UCLA ahead of ASU. I feel like that's a totally fair objective statement for me to make. From there, I mean I mean I don't know, like you're really really betting on ASU to to turn that corner. And I'm not against it. I'm not saying they can't do it, but that there is a lot of question marks on this team that you are essentially trying to look past in order to justify placing them as the as the tide for the fourth best team to win the Pac-12 South or the Pac-12 entirely, excuse me. So, we're going to go ahead hop into our first break and then we'll get right back into the discussion here on the Locked on Sunbelts podcast. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations. Just throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks, and make sure that everybody has a bar for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bar? They're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. It's easy, and all you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now. Built Bars and the Puffs are all covered in 100% real chocolate, which means that the Built Bar is healthy and you can enjoy it. If you haven't had those those Puffs yet, let me tell you, we're going absolutely crazy for them. They come in crazy flavors too, like banana cream pie and churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like churro? And the best part is they're only 140 calories. If that's not enough for you, then maybe you need to try the mix box. The mix box comes with 12 different flavors of bars and the putts. Built Bar makes sure that there is something for everyone. Go to the go to built.com, check out the macros chart. Most of the Built Bars can contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compared to a candy bar, which is around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. If you go to built.com to get all your favorite flavors, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. So be sure to check it out often at Built.com. Go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sundowns your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Let's not waste any more time. We're going to get back into this conversation of whether or not ASU should be the team to have the second or not the second. Good Lord. Definitely not the second. The fourth best odds to win the Pac-12. So looking at the three teams ahead of them. In order, USC, Oregon, Utah. Yeah, no, that's the cream of the crop. 100%. No ifs, ands, or buts, like I already said. USC getting... Getting Caleb Williams. I'm going to double check that because now, now I'm completely wondering. Yes, it is Caleb Williams. Yeah, 
Caleb Williams coming to that program with the with the talent that they have is a really good mix for Lincoln Riley to find immediate success. Now, true, truthfully and unbiasedly, this is not a Pac-12 winning team. So I don't I don't like that they're the first or not the first best. That doesn't make sense. That they are the best odds to win the Pac-12. I don't care for that. I wouldn't bet on that. Oregon, super good team, great defense, always has weapons on offense, and Bo Nix is coming in. So I like them to be the second best team, and I like Utah to be the first best team because Utah's got Cameron Rising coming back. And they've got a lot of pieces on their defense and offense returning as well. There's something in the water in Salt Lake City, man. Like these kids just constantly want to go back and play for the Utes until their senior seasons. Like it just, it's something about that program that everybody buys in. And they're tough as nails every single year. But those three right now are the class of the Pac-12. After that, it feels like a who's who. I mean, I feel like you can't separate these teams. I could see an argument where ASU is like the eighth or ninth team here. But I also understand why they are the fourth team in here. So love them or hate them. I mean, guys definitely want to play hard for Herm Edwards. Now, there is a lot of questions going on because of everything that's been going on with the state of the program. Is Herm still the guy? This, that, and the other. I mean, I don't have the answers for that. What I can tell you is these kids put their hearts and souls and leave everything out on the football field. I feel like there, there's very few instances where you kind of look at the team and go, man, these kids just didn't try hard enough. I feel like more often than not, you're looking at what ASU put out and sure, you get frustrated and sure, you wonder, you wonder, you know, how, how did this meltdown happen like the Utah game? But I also feel like there's no questioning or denying that these guys give their all. So with that in mind, I mean, I, I think it's understandable to believe that Arizona State could be the fourth or fifth best team in the Pac-12. And I mean, there's still talent on this roster. Like, I, I know how much you lost. And I mean, you lost a lot of, like, important pieces. Let's not rule out the possibility that some of the guys could come back, though. I mean, Ricky Pearsall still hasn't still hasn't signed anywhere, to my knowledge. Uh, Jermaine Lole has got all his visits because he's, like, the college football free agent right now. But he could always come back, too. And in the meantime, you brought in some guys. You brought in all sorts of defensive pieces, especially, and most importantly, Corey Bethley. You've got good run a good good stable of running backs Xavier Valade very very excited for him Danny Nagata through the roof excited for him uh Tevin White uh Deontay Elliott like there there's a lot of talent in that backfield to be excited over so I think that this is I and I'll just I'll continue to say this and pound it over and over again to me this ASU football team is a six and six team which somehow in the Pac-12 is going to put you in the top half pretty pretty convincingly. Maybe not convincingly. It, it's going to put you in the top half or it's going to put you in the bottom half because I feel like the Pac-12 is just very, very toxic and is just going to beat each other up and not in a good way. Like this isn't the SEC where there's so many good teams. It, it's, it's the opposite. It's the Pac-12 where there's a lot of bad teams. There's a lot of bad teams. After those top three, Man, it feels like anybody's race. ASU, UCLA, Washington feel like the next three best teams. And then it feels like kind of a pick your poison at that point. But 
overall, I guess my closing thoughts here on if we should be considered the fourth best team to win the Pac-12. Sure, I guess. I mean, if someone's got to win it and it's not going to be one of those top three teams, then yeah, I'd throw ASU's name in the hat. Why, why wouldn't you? There is potential with this team. And another thing to really consider is like Herm's going to be coaching like his hair is on fire. Not that he has any hair, but you know, that's not important. He is going to be under a lot of pressure. That seat that he's sitting on is scorching hot. He has to win. And that could end up putting together a season that ASU hasn't had under him before, where maybe they finally live up to the potential like they were supposed to last year. They were supposed to be that 10-win team that won the South and potentially won the conference, but they weren't that team. And this isn't nearly as good a team, so I would not have that expectation. However, I would not be surprised if ASU was to figure out a way to put a competitive product on, on on the field and maybe turn some heads. I don't know. We'll see. But that's going to go ahead and wrap up my initial thoughts when we return from our third and, yeah, uh, our final break for the third and final segment. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of give my thoughts on why ASU could be that fourth best team. So we'll talk about that in just a moment on the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode of Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now nearly impossible for your local chain auto parts store to hold on to all of the parts you need for your car. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer and choosing the only parts that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years with prices that are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, guys, let's go ahead, close out strong, have that conversation about why I think the Sun Devils could be that fourth best team. Like I already kind of alluded to, there is a lot of pressure to win right now. And with pressure, hopefully produces diamonds. You're, you're pretty much like you have to. You cannot afford to have a sub 500 record. You're not bowl eligible, you're out. Even six and six probably doesn't feel safe for her. You got to find a way to win eight games. You got to find a way to claw and scratch your way to eight wins or nine wins. Like, and is it impossible? I don't think so. All things considered, this is a favorable schedule for Arizona State. When you consider they're playing in the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when you consider they're playing in the South where they already have three of the, of the, of the five or six best teams in the conference with you, you, uh, USC, UCLA, and Utah. I mean, it feels, it feels like the the rest of the conference should be a bit of a cakewalk. You don't have to play Oregon. You get Oregon State at home. You you get Cal, I believe. 
you still have U of A, you still have Colorado, you have your NAU game. You do have to go to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State, which I'm chalking that up as a loss right now. I am I'm not even looking at that game as a potential possibility for us to win. But you still have a pretty winnable schedule, something that definitely plays into your favor for the Sun Devils. So that that's worth something. That is definitely um, a, a bird in the hand is worth is worth two in the bush or whatever the saying is. I don't know. It was on a Geico commercial a long, long time ago. So but one in the hand is worth two in the bush. I don't know. Something weird. I, I never understood it. But neither here nor there. Here I go rambling on like I normally do. I'm really good at that. But looking at the rest of the roster, I get an immediate jump on, on my feelings for this team knowing that Emery Jones is here. Because he is exciting. He's a good player. And for college, he's a really good quarterback. In the Pac-12, I mean, would anyone be surprised if he's one of the three best quarterbacks in the Pac-12? I don't know if I would be. Because you got Cameron Rising, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, the runaway guy, by the way. So Cameron Rising, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, who just, that guy's not good. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, The kid Delora coming into U of A. Uh, Tanner McKee at Stanford, who's, you know, fine, whatever. Outside of that, I mean, it's really anybody's race. There's not a lot of great quarterback play. So I feel like Emery could definitely make a push for one of the three best quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Maybe one of the two. He's not going to be one because Caleb Williams is one. I forgot to mention Dorian Thompson Robinson. So uh, DTR is definitely another one of those guys. Definitely don't want to short him. That guy is an animal. But Point being is you have one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12, and that's worth something. You have a really good run game on paper. That's also worth something to the point where you might have the best run game in the Pac-12. That's good enough to win you a lot of football games. Defensively, love the front seven. Would love it even more if Jermaine Lole were to come back. Would be really disappointed if he didn't, but hey, I mean, at least you got pieces you can shuffle around on that defensive line. Having Merlin Robertson and Kyle Soley back it's really, really important. You're hoping that uh, Kyle's brother Connor can take a step forward. You're hoping that uh, transfer Rodney Gross can maybe take take some steps into the starting lineup as well. On the back end, a lot of question marks. You're just hoping that some guys can really hit. You've got the uh, you got you got Edmonds and and Corey Bethley coming in transfer safeties. Uh, you got the Markham brothers, Keon and Kawan. You've got my guy Jordan Clark. There's pieces there. If they can hit, I mean, this is still a great defense for ASU. Special teams, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of kicking anymore. We're, we're not good at it. Eddie Zablicki, for my money, is one of the best punters in the entire nation. Please don't return anything anymore, DJ Taylor. I'm sorry. Just leave it alone. Touchback every time. Fair catch every time. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Overall, this is a good team. It's not a great team. It's not a terrible team. It's a good team. Average. To me, in a worst-case scenario, it's average. Because I don't see a team that's worse than six wins. But I also don't know if I necessarily see a team that's better than six wins. Could be. In fact, I, I would be willing to say maybe this is the optimistic side of me or maybe this is the bias side of me. I think we're closer to a 7-8 win team than we are to a 7 or 8 loss team. 
We'll see. Overall, I don't hate the Sun Devils going into this year. I don't love them going into this year. As far as being the fourth best team goes, I understand it simply because of the outlook of the rest of the Pac-12. But that's pretty much going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Do yourself a favor and go make Locked on Pac-12 your next listen. Get all your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Spencer McLaughlin. And thank you guys so much for tuning in as always. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms. If you want to check us out on YouTube and see us in a visual platform, wherever you get your podcast in an audio platform, we're there Monday through Friday. The best Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. If you're on Twitter, give me a follow at RichieBrads36 and go ahead and follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. And until next time, Arizona State Sun Devils faithful, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.